What's up, guys? It's Jason. Um, hope you guys are all doing good for your quarantines and your isolation and whatever else is going on. Um, no normal episode today. That should be coming pretty soon, though. Um, went ahead and did an interview with Phil Tugas of Cathelist, First Fragment, Equipoise, Funebrarum, Eternity's End. Uh, he was in Zealotry. He's been in Sorox. He's been in every band, basically. This guy is so talented, guitarist, vocalist, everything. Um, Cathelist was the main band we talked about today. Um, anyways, I uh, had planned on just putting this with a normal episode, but we, uh, we ended up talking for quite a while, talked about what's going on with, you know, coronavirus and his touring plans that got messed up and, you know, all that kind of stuff and went in deep on Cathelist on, the, on, their, on their full length, what's going on with the new album. Um, and the, the fun topic we did was he gave us his five favorite death metal demos. Um, so yeah, hopefully you guys can find a few new ones in there that you've never heard. It was, it was pretty fun. He's a really cool guy. Um, and, uh, yeah, so go, go check out those other bands of his. If you've never done that before, it's, he's, like I said, I mean, if you're a guitarist, you've got a lot to check out. And even if not, I mean, everything he's done is quality. Um, I know he's got a new merch store up right now. You can go check that out, support him since his tour got canceled. But, uh, other than that, uh, hope you guys enjoy
doing, man? Not so bad. Not so bad. How about you? I'm good. I'm good. Just, uh, you know, we are in quarantine over here and a lot of free time on my hands. And how about you? Are you guys uh, stuck at home, too? Over here, you're... Uh, where are you from? Which uh, state do you live in? So I'm in Michigan and uh, kind of like around the Detroit area. Oh, yeah. I have a friend that lives uh, in that state also. Uh, she told me it was, uh, it was getting pretty dicey in that area too. Maybe not as much as New York City, for example. But I mean, it's it's getting bad pretty much everywhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm right next to Montreal. Montreal has the most cases in all of Canada, I think. But <laughs> where I live, it's definitely not as bad i, I live in a, a city right next to it but it's not as uh, dramatic as montreal right now that's good but yeah pretty much all quarantine uh, i haven't really <laughs> haven't had any really uh, real interactions with live human beings in a while but you know you gotta do what you gotta do <laughs> yeah i hear you i hear you is it giving you more time to you know get stuff done with the projects and music uh yeah uh well <laughs> you know to be perfectly honest with you um pandemic or not i would still be holed up in there this <laughs> i've been working on this one album that has been taking all of my time and energy recently because it's it's just really intensely well let's just say there's a lot of stuff to record and remember and to put on on record it, it takes a long a long time a lot of hours uh i can spend up to, to 10 hours a day just working on that one song you know so it's it's just this period right now is very busy and uh you know what's happening right now in the world it you know it's very demoralizing but would there not be a pandemic i would still be in like just in there working uh, my ass off on recordings but i guess you know a lot of people have been having more time so they, i've been asked to do a lot of guest solos for numerous bands because a lot of people are working on music also and uh, they want to work with me so I've been also doing that, doing guest solos here and here. It keeps me uh, keeps me busy, gives me a little bit of money also. Yeah. I don't charge much, but you know, it's it's not it's better than nothing. Right, right, right. That's cool. So I mean, one of the biggest things I was bummed about, like I said, I was I was hoping to maybe try and talk to you in person when you came through on the tour, because one of the first stops was going to be Detroit with uh, Cathelist, and I was you know pretty excited to uh, to see you guys on that. So how's that affecting things with that having that whole tour canceled? Uh, well, it's obviously it sucks. Uh, the main thing about this tour is it was very symbolic. It was the first Kitila's tour in over like in ten years of our existence. Yeah. Uh, supporting a band that inspired us, you know, like since our early beginnings, you know, ever since we started. But you know what? I I was disappointed, bummed out about it anymore because there's more at stake right now. Uh, things are. I can't really complain. I'm very, I'm a very privileged, lucky person. Uh, people like all around the world are, you know, losing their jobs or dying pretty much. So, I mean, I'm not going to sit there and, and just complain. Well, I actually have it pretty easy compared to these people. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not the end of the world. It's, uh, we're bombed about it for sure, but it's not, you know, it's not the end of the world. We're going to post postpone it. And uh, hopefully the positive aspect of it all is that we're going to post postpone it and, actually will leave us even more time to promote when we come back. So, I mean, it's not, there were a little bit, a, a few financial losses, but nothing overly dramatic. And again, I cannot complain because that's literally nothing to what other people like other people are facing right now in their personal lives, you know? 
Yeah, yeah. Is there any way to like help the band? Like, can, is, can people buy merch that you had, uh, you know, set up for the tour or anything like that? Uh, by the time you you'll be uh, promoting this this podcast, we'll have a merch store open with Firepress. I think they're from Pittsburgh. Uh, we'll have all the merch we were uh, we intended to print. It's going to be sold through them online. So obviously, it sucks for Canadian customers to pay a little bit more. But you know, I don't have, uh, I don't really have the, the main merch store I was in contact with in in my city, uh, Longueuil, is they're still printing merch, but they completely stopped selling merch online. Like they closed their merch store. I mean, before the pandemic and all. But uh, so I mean, the the first place I was recommended was Pirate Press, and uh, that's gonna be through them. We're gonna have four t-shirt designs, one long sleeve, uh, some patches as, as well. So people who have been meaning to like they, a lot of people have been wanting us to have a merch store for a while and so all these people have, will have a chance to support us and rock out the catalyst uh, shirts in their uh, quarantine spaces <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah, yeah that's gonna be pretty like i said by the time you'll uh you'll, you'll post this podcast uh, it's it's gonna be up for people i'm gonna post it everywhere in my on my social media accounts and and all that Okay, that's cool. That's good. At least some. At least it won't go to waste. Hopefully, people. Will, I'm sure they'll jump on it because I know I haven't seen much merch in the past for you guys. So that'll be cool. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm stoked about that. I mean, it's. I, I'm expecting a lot of people to be uh, to order these uh, these these shirts. But at the same time, like I said, we're going through tough times. Uh, people, especially in America, uh, which is the hardest hit by this this virus a lot of people are suffering financially so i don't expect to be able to you know i love it's it's cool that people want to support us but people if they, they don't have money to do so because people in your country are more affected than us so it's it's but like i said it's uh i i expect this, this sell to go well uh, regardless of that yeah that's cool yep it's, you're right it's going to be a challenge for people but we'll see hopefully we can pull through it you know soon and everybody will still have a little bit of money in their pockets and Get back to normal, but I yeah. Was well, oh no, go ahead. Sorry. No, I already forgot what I was gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just gonna say with the tour with Ripakulu. I mean, that's such a cool lineup, and and with Nucleus as well. I mean, how did you get that set up? I mean, Ripakulu from Finland. That's such a legendary band, and it's just such a cool, cool tour. Who who got this together? Well, it was Gatekeeper Productions. Gatekeeper. Gatekeeper. Productions is ran by uh, Alisa Degani. Uh, she's been a close friend of mine for for a few years. We uh, <laughs> I don't I don't want to brag, but you know we, we 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 dated for a while, and we always like kept showing each other bands, always like older bands and stuff, and <laughs> and we you know uh, we were always like uh, showing each other death metal bands and stuff and. I went by, I was like, you know, you know this band, right? Ripikulu. And she was like, yeah, I'm familiar with them. And I was like, yeah, if Ktilis was to tour one day, that would be one of the bands I would tour with. And she, she mostly books black metal stuff. I'm not really into black metal, but she always posts, like, uh, I mean, she always promotes, like, really obscure bands. And she always brings, like, really, like, bands that haven't played often in North America. They, she, like, for example, Mortuary Drape. Uh, in North, mm. North America in 2018, so you know she, she always have the uh, 
the right ideas for like what sort of tour packages should be around when you know when the tour season uh, as far as demo goes she's uh, always wanted to book t-list and if we were going to do a t-list show a show a t-list tour we would obviously book you know a, an headliner that would on, there there would not be a lot of headlining bands that would fit with us but Ripikulu would be one of them we had other ideas you know we were throwing around ideas like hey we could we should maybe do, book Thelus with Nocturnus or something like that I'm gonna get a touch on so Nocturnus is not available and basically long story short we were throwing band names around and uh, Ripikulu kind of stuck because I don't know they just uh, they, they start touring again so it's like, okay, we're going to have a dead doom metal band, a dead metal band with some doom elements, a.k.a. us, and Nucleus, which is full-on weird-ass death metal. And it's just, it was just like, all bands are different, but they all have a little bit of common at the same time, and that's the right kind of bill, in my opinion. And three band, a three-band bill is the perfect thing to do. I think more than three is often overkill. I've done tours with more than three bands. I mean, three is the perfect number, in my opinion. Not to mention, in the U.S., promoters seem to have the sick idea to put, like, a million opening bands <laughs> before the tour package. So it's like, you know, it's horrible. It's like, oh, yeah, we're going to put... It's horrible. Like, how... Why do people do this? You see, I mean, I understand they want to boost ticket sales, but it's... <sighs> I don't I don't understand. They don't, they don't do that in Europe. When I toured with Finnebrarum... This last summer, it was just like galvanized us. Two bands. It's perfect. So that was perfect. Just two bands. Just the, there were there were a few nights we had a local opener. Just one though. The only night we had more than one opening bands. It was a like a disaster. Like uh, <laughs> a, like uh, the running times were uh, delayed by like an, an hour because the opening bands played like an hour each. And, and you know, uh, but yeah, no. Coming back to Actilist. Uh, it was just like the perfect conditions, the perfect booking. Like I said, Alison and I, we've known each other for a while, so we knew exactly. Uh, we spoke each other's language, so it's like, yeah, you know, it's easier to just prepare something uh, in, the, in those conditions when you know each other and you know exactly what to do. So um, she hooked us up with a driver. Hotels were booked. We had European conditions. Touring conditions in the U.S. are I won't. Uh, I won't go off on that. But in <laughs> Europe, I've done. I've done only two tours in Europe, but it's completely different from Canada. For example, you have scattering okay. every night. You have, uh, you have showers in every venue. You have. You know, it's in Alisa. She knows how to get the bands. She worked with the right conditions, so she hooked us up with European conditions. So scattering nice. every show, place to sleep every night, not just like crashing at people's houses all the time. Etc. So every everything was booked solid. Everything was ready to go. But like I said, when shit hits the fan, you cannot. You know, you, you can't. <laughs> it's like yeah. It, like I like I told you, it's it's unfortunate that things happen that way. But you know, the fans, the attendees, the staff, promoters, the bands, uh, all these lives are on the line. You know, and yeah, I, I'm glad the laws kind of prevented the shows from happening because it sucks but at the same time it would it would have put people's life in danger because of that and we yeah. have to think about that for anything else and uh, i've already did i've already already done an interview that asked me a similar question but i will say this again like i won't do one single show until all this has been out of the way all this has blown over because the safety of everyone comes first 
Yeah. And it it would be it would be selfish to just oh I don't care let's just do this tour and blah 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 you know no it doesn't work that way yeah <laughs> especially well, not in right. the pandemic which people are downplaying like extremely uh people are down still downplaying it like as of right now in April you know so <laughs> yeah <laughs> enough of that <laughs> uh, yeah I hear you I hear you so all right well like I said. Well, I think I told you. I mean, I, I, I like I followed a lot of your projects. I mean, I, I everything you do is is, is awesome. Gathiels is, is my favorite. Definitely. It's just the the full length. I forget the full. I forget how you say the full name of it. But that one is I mean, we did an episode not long ago and it was it's one of my favorites of the decade. Like it's just the the things that you've pulled from on it, but making it sound like something that's unique is just is what i love so much about it but you know it's like i had some conversations with some people where they were just saying like you know where they just focus on you know demolich you know which obviously is a huge influence but i hear a lot more i mean was that important for you to make it so that wasn't just like a worship band that had your own vibe and identity to it yeah no i definitely just feel that album is just a it's just a combination of everything I love about death metal. So if there was just Demolich worship, that would mean all I care about death metal is Demolich. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. Just, that album has like all the elements I want to hear in death metal. So by combining all these elements, it's just it means that that you know I've taken inspiration from many different uh, bands and different scenes. You the, the Swedish, Finnish, American scenes even some Mexican bands like Cenotaph. Hmm. Um, it, so basically, the album to me is is a tribute, not just to Demolich, but to all of these bands I loved. And basically, taking all these in- ingredients that are familiar to most people and just making my own recipe out of it. You know what I mean? It's just uh, it's uh, something very personal, uh, born out of my love for uh, these bands that I've listened to all my life. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, I and and so I mean it's there's familiar elements to it, but I do think it has enough quirks to it to make it stand out from the rest. You know, just uh, you, sometimes it's just like the uh, on the surface level, like you listen to the vocals, the keyboards, and everything. Um, it's uh, like little like quirks and elements like these that you know in Demolition you don't have like slap bass or, or keyboards or clean vocals or neo classical solos. So I mean. That argument is, you know, that argument, it makes the whole, like, the argument that it's just a demolic worship thing a little bit invalid. But I do understand when people say this, they, they mostly mean the fact that he has a lot of resemblance to Demolich, and I totally see that. And I can tell you the second album, well, the, I mean, the upcoming album, is going to have traces of the that sound of the, the sound of the first album, but it's just much more eclectic even more so i'm really stoked for for people to say that you know we're gonna play a new song on the, on the tour uh, yeah it's that song was see what happened is we were working on a doomier song and we didn't quite know how to structure it and then i was like you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna start from scratch write another song completely and i sat down and i wrote these riffs the, the song was born overnight and it's like it's it's hard to describe but it's 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 just like you take like uh, like the the playing style of ripping corpse and and the like the structural ideas of crematory, but it it's all played through these uh, like the whole tone notes. 
it sounds like one of my friends did this uh, uh well not my friend i mean my bandmate well he's uh, he's my friend too but you know i mean my bandmate yeah, yeah. uh he, he said oh this is like ripping Carson crematory but played by alan oldsworth <laughs> and you know it's kind of yeah it works <laughs> it's, like, it's a good comparison and there's a, there's a really fucking weird doom part in this song it just builds and builds and builds and it just becomes like it becomes like the, the musical equivalent of anxiety it oh just, man it's just really weird so all the album is going to be really eclectic that uh, sounds awesome. so, i mean i can yeah yeah it's uh, i can see I, I i know some people will probably say oh yeah it still sounds like uh time uh, time ghoul Illich or whatever but i mean <laughs> it's uh, yeah they're right but at the same time they're wrong because it's uh, it's like i said I, i'm just really stoked to get these songs uh, together, uh, I've been on uh, on a songwriting break for this band for a while. As I was, all of a sudden, I joined Eternity's End, and I started writing a lot of power metal, which I've, I've put off for for many years. And also the demand for first fragment album, and uh, you know, recording the Atramentus album and writing the Finibrarum album. That also that's a band that I joined out of nowhere. Yeah. And I started writing music for it. And Finibarum is, uh, well, the new stuff is more, it's it's like a mix of the first and second album, but it has a much like darker, morbid vibe to it. A lot more uh, like really morbid sounding parts with the choirs and piano and stuff. It, is, it still has that really filthy, doomy approach and uh, the mid-paced uh, riffs and all. That took a lot of, of my energy, you know, to, to write. We didn't, write well we did write some stuff at home but we did write most of the album in the jam space but the point is a lot of stuff happened that made me you know the creative inspiration that i have to write music all went into several directions and i kind of put Ketilis on a break not voluntarily but it just happened that way and now i'm just fully back into it and just you know, I want to create a really uh, unique album. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not just, not just. Uh, I mean, obviously, paying tribute to the bands I love and all, but further pushing forth into the whole the idea of doing a really eclectic death metal album. And profound lore, Chris Bruni is fully backing this. He's always been signing bands that are that have this mentality as well so this is we're back by the right label for this so i'm really looking forward to see that happening i uh i do appreciate your comments on the on the debut album it's still there's some i've done a lot of albums in my life that i don't really listen to anymore on this one always you know i always i still listen to it it's like yeah 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 we we uh we work well we work pretty hard we worked our asses off it's still good. It's <laughs> well, like if you can't listen to your own music, I mean, I don't, I spend a lot of more time listening to other people's music. That's, I always find a time to discover underground bands and unknown older bands, but you got to place the music you want to hear in the first place. That's what I want to do. It's like, you know, so that's something I'm proud of. It's even four years later, this album is still, well, four years later, this, this album has been written some of the songs are 10 years old, but the point is it's 
I, I can still listen to it, you know? Yeah. So I appreciate, yeah. appreciate your compliment. Well, I was going to say too, man, like one of the things that impressed me was, was reading and, you know, seeing how much of the album you did yourself, especially the demo. You know, I know you had said you were going to have a vocalist and then you, you ended up without it. You know, you jumped on vocals, you did the bass for a lot of the, the full length. I mean, did you have any history with either of those things before? I mean, I'm sure you had to have with the bass. I mean, that bass is phenomenal in that album. I mean, but what's your your background with the vocals and the bass? Vocals, um, I discovered I was able to do death metal vocals when my vocalist in one of my former bands asked me to do backing vocals live. I tried it up. It was, uh, yeah, you know, it was it was not very good, but it was <laughs> it was a beginning. It was, I had to start somewhere. Uh, he discovered how, you know, that signature feelist throat sound. Um, so the vocalists we had bailed. And I was like, I got to do the vocals. And I think a week before I was going to head to my friend's house where we're going to record the demo, I was hanging out with my friends in the park. And we were listening to music. He had a, like a speaker thing that it's like, it's a Bluetooth thing that connects to his iPod. And we, you know, we're listening to like cacophony and like heavy metal and stuff. They're not that much into heavy metal, but where we all, they always had an eclectic taste. And some death metal comes up. And my friend starts doing these like pig squeals. It's like, and he's like, you know, it's like he nailed pig squeals. And I'm like, you know, this, this style of vocal is kind of sucks. It's like, <laughs> that poor kind of stuff. He's like, yeah, you should try it. And I, I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to do pig squeals, <laughs> like doing in L vocals, but it's like I, this weird sound came from my mouth, <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> fuck is that it's like i i don't know <laughs> i i don't know i've never <laughs> it's like awesome. what dude it's like i can't i've never that is oh you know i'm gonna go home right now i'm gonna investigate that i'm gonna practice and run in my room because something weird just happened yeah like, I that first time i've 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 heard the sound coming come out of me it was by pure accident like by pure luck so I came into the studio the week before, uh, the week after, and we like the the guitar tracks for the demo were already recorded. That was in 2011, and you know it took a while. But after you know I had some lyrics written, and I kind of surprised. Hey, this is not so bad. I could do something here. So I, I just went along with it, just improvised. Uh, I do admit I had to come back a, a few times after to redo stuff because I was like, you know, I was disc still discovering my abilities. So it's like, I you know maybe I can do this better and, and yeah. et cetera, et cetera. 
but like I said, totally by accident. Accident. Just sitting in a park, just, just, yeah. <laughs> just, just, just randomly. Uh, about yeah. the bass uh, in high school, I I played in the orchestra for five years. Uh, mm. We, yeah. So we don't we didn't have like those bass, the big big ass double bass things and uh, contrabass and uh, everything. So my teacher the music teacher at school told me all oh, you play guitar you should do the bass so we'll have some low end the orchestra and i kind of learned how to read like sheet music which is weird because i did five years of sheet music and i forgot how to read sheet music the moment i graduated from high school but that's another thing completely the yeah. bass I was already playing guitar i started playing at age 11 or 10 uh, the bass uh, started at 13, my free first year of high school with the music orchestra, and I did five years of that. So we played a lot of, I don't re- even remember what we played, but it was music scores and some, I think we had a Baroque piece in there somewhere. But that was a little bit of, you know, it helped for my experience later in the bass. We had uh, we had a bass player for the, uh, for the album, Josh from Abnormality, but we were kind of out of time. We kind of like asked him to do the album and learn all the songs in a short amount of time. He came to Montreal to record the album with us, but it just didn't work. He didn't have enough time. He, you know, it's ironic because in a normality, the stuff is quite technical, you know, but yeah, yeah. he just didn't have enough fit with the material, and that's pretty understandable. So we didn't want to force anything on him. We didn't want to, like, you know, he was frustrated because he really wanted to be on the album. But, you know, just, I guess, not too many songs for the short amount of time he had. So we just sung out for the weekend. He went back to the U.S. And it's like, you know, we're just going to clothe the guitarist and feel his roommate had a a six-string bass. So we tuned it like a a guitar. Claude would go, like, he would go work. At the same time, I would leave work. And I had to go to his place and record the bass, not knowing how to use Reaper. That's what we used back then, Reaper. Yeah. Uh, to record, didn't know how to use the program, but I kind of learned. By he told me he wrote a few instructions and a piece of paper. It's like this is how you open the program. Blah 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 blah. Here's the bass. I recorded the bass at his apartment while he was not there. <laughs> it was very. We had we put ourselves we put ourselves a deadline. We had to send everything to Greg of Esoteric before I don't remember the day, but it's like it was really stressful. I had just started this new job and asked them for time off right at the beginning. And they were like, okay, sure. So I was really surprised by that. And I used that up to just track the bass as fast as I could. Just sitting, sitting there. Uh, I did like all the songs except white spawn and yeah. one or two riffs scriptures. And he just, he did that. But the rest was me. And it's like, I'm going to throw some slap bass, you know, <laughs> it's like, yeah, I love atheists. I love bands like atheist. And back then I had just discovered this band called violent dirge. I don't remember where they're from, but they have this demo called Elapse, which is just really fast, old school death metal with, with crazy slap bass. That was before Cryptopsy, by the way, just like oh. to tell you how forward thinking they were, you know, just so I had that in mind. So I'm going to put some crazy slap bass in there. I didn't think of the impact it would have later, like <laughs> all the themes that erupted from that after. But uh <laughs> It was just it like, just adds really... so much to it though, man. Like it makes it sound, it gives it like a slimy feel and it just, 
it, it gives a whole nother vibe to some of those songs. I mean, especially, um, what's it called? Voices. I forget the full name of the song, but it's like, man, the bass is like my favorite part of that thing. Yeah, I'm re- I, I'm stoked you dig that. I really uh, I went f- like just full on crazy on that song with the slap bass. It was just yeah. it just felt natural. Uh, Claude, while well, all the other guys they heard it, they, they were completely on board with it. They got it. Actually, it was even Claude, the, the guitarist, that even suggested the idea to having slap bass because he has a he grew up listening to the same kind of bands I did. You know, I started listening to death metal straight up, both with Morbid Angel just as much as. Cryptopsy or Spawn of Position. So I was familiar with the more traditional death metal bands and the more technical bands. So it's like, you know, he had the same upbringing, if you could say, the same, he, d- he discovered the same kind of bands as me. So we had the same ideas. Uh, we were on the same wavelength when it come to, came to that. And our current bla- bass player, he's a guitarist at heart, but uh, as a bass player, he's even better than me. So it's just, you know, he just took the same approach for the EP and he's, he's going to do the same for the, the second falling album. So it's, uh, it's, it's going to retain that classic, you know, feelist, uh, slab bass insanity. Uh, people are, yeah, people, yeah, people should, should not be worried about that because it kind of, when people heard the, the album, they were like, Oh, I don't like it because it, on the demo, it didn't have slab bass. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't like slab bass, but now it's like people are kind of like used to it now. So it's like, you know, it's part of her sound now so yeah yeah well it sounds great on the ep so i mean you can tell it's probably going to be good on the next one yeah Antoine is is like that guy is scary man he's 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 a, <laughs> like everyone in the band is is totally fucking insane at their instrument but Antoine is just flat out scary <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah everything he does so yeah um yeah yeah so everything just came naturally 
Uh, vocals, like I said, it's something I'm always speaking about. I should probably take lessons. I did the vocals on the Tremendous album, and those are the, my honestly the most evil vocals I've ever done. Uh, the most gutural vocals I've ever done, more than Kthilist. Uh There's a, a lot of clean singing also, because it's obviously a Doom album, has to have some clean singing. But it kicked me in the ass, man. Like, it <laughs> kicked me in the ass. It's like, okay, I gotta take some lessons now, because it took mm. me it took me way too many takes to achieve what I wanted to do. So okay. I, yeah, so it's just like, I need more practice. Yeah. Fortunately, uh, fortunately, I recorded with my drummer, so I was not like losing money in studio time. You know, I had all the time I needed to get the, the tracks as precise as I wanted. But now that I've done a few recordings, doing vocals, like I, I, what I've done is, is cool, but perhaps I can do better and I should do better. So I'm going to take some lessons. And there's all, I've always wanted to, to sing heavy metal. So that's, okay. that be, I will always, it's the perfect timing. So it's like, if I'm going to do lessons, I'm going to be better at doing these clean vocals for Thelis and Itramentus, but could probably do some back vo vocals in a heavy metal band too. So, Right on, yeah. yeah. What, um, so I, I know you said you were going to be putting this this Doom project. It's going to come out on 20 bucks spin, right? Like, what, Is there a timeline for that? Uh, we originally had the album. Uh, we wanted to release it in August. So far, that's still a plan, but you know, with everything that's going on in the world right now and the fact that the uh, pressing plant is in Czech Republic in Europe, it could complicate things a little bit. Yeah. You know, we were just talking about that. Like, would you even consider releasing it if it was like digital only or would you wait for the physical format? Uh, might as well wait for the physical thing. I mean, it, if there's some extraordinary events that lead up to delaying the album for months and months, then by all means, we're going to go ahead with the digital release. But mm. it's just like a, a month or two delay. It's like, oh, just let's just wait for it, you know? Yeah. yeah. We're going to have this killer artwork done by an extremely prolific painter that you probably know, but I won't spoil the surprise <laughs> anyway. Uh, you know, we have this killer layout. It's going to make a huge difference in how the band is perceived. So it's just uh, having just a digital release as a first impression is not uh, the ideal solution, you know. Yeah. But that if it comes sense. down to that, uh, if it comes down to that, you know, there's some things we cannot control. Then, uh, well, uh, at this point, it's not up to me anymore. It's Dave's uh, Dave's decision, Dave's call. But Dave from the Twenty Million Bucks Spin, he's uh, he's he's just really cool to deal with. He's just really easy. He's just he's. Uh, like most labels have dealt with, it's always a contract and some weird stuff in a contract. And it's like, like I have to proofread it by several people. And it's just always, there's always some catches and stuff. But him, it's just no contract. You just agree on certain points and go ahead with everything else. That's the same with Chris Bruni from wow. Profano, or two, the two easiest labels I've ever dealt with in That's all awesome. my life. Yeah. So uh, at this point, it's more, more of a skull, but he's... Very flexible, very open-minded to try things. So, I mean, we'll see how it goes. But, uh, yeah, 20 bucks spin, August is the original plan. Uh, this album was written a long time ago, like eight mm. years ago, seven to eight years ago. So probably, uh, depending on how it's received and how my morale is going during the year, I'm going to write some more stuff, too, because that stuff is not something I can just write on a whim or just right yeah randomly that stuff you gotta be in the mood like 
Yeah, I was in like yeah, pretty much. Like I was I pretty much at my lowest when I wrote that that stuff. It was just like a, a way to, to cope with it. Yeah, so it just, okay. It doesn't come like so, oh, I'm going to write some funeral doom today. No, it just fell that way. And those songs were just written. One of the songs was written in one day, you know, just on the, that's how I, I write stuff. Sometimes some songs take years to write. Some others take maybe a day. Those, yeah. those are always the best. But yeah, we'll see how it goes. I'm hoping we can still stick on this, on the schedule, but yeah, it's, it's really hard to, uh, it, there's an, like a big sense of, uncertain uncertainty right now uh, happening that we can like feel waiting that waiting down and i'm sorry my english is uh, no, no some, i'm st- i'm stumbling through my words <laughs> right now but everything is so uncertain right now and it's, it's crazy 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 times we live in man it's <laughs> yeah and we're gonna remember, yeah yeah we're gonna remember this for all our lives and our children and grandchildren are likely <laughs> I'm going to talk about this. I know I'm, I'm like, some people may think I'm exaggerating. It's, it's people, if you, if you talk to older people, the elderly, they're going to tell you, I, I, we, we have not lived through, through something like this in our lifetimes either. Right. Unless, uh, unless we're talking about people in their, that have lived over a hundred years and remember the, the Spanish flu, but you know, we're, we'd be talking about people that are over 100 years old. Yeah. One, that's pretty rare, you know. Yeah. But yeah, it's extraordinary times. It's just really surreal. So just everything is uncertain. Everything, it's it's crazy. So I, I try to. It's it, I have to stay away from social media sometimes because it's just, you know, it's it's overpowering. Um, like everything you hear on the news all the time. So you have to take a break from that and work on music, to keep your sane. That's what I do right now. Right. Yeah. No, I agree. Well, hopefully nothing holds it up too much and. Since it's, you've been sitting at it for so long, I'm sure you can't wait to get that thing out. But it, it sounds awesome. I mean, I've never been, I never was huge into uh, Funeral Doom until like this year. And then I've been like diving in head first, just like trying to get, you know, all the classics. And I've, and so it's like the perfect timing. I can't wait to check it out. Thanks, man. Uh, it's it, Those songs are really whole, but they still hold up. It's, uh, it's a very eclectic album. First song is really like crushing in, in, in uh, every sense of the term. It's just really puts you in a shitty mood like it's just really depressing and, and, and soul crushing and the riffs are much more like heavier than the last song the last song it's more like it's just really sad like it completely changed the atmosphere it's more like winter-esque not the band but like there's a feel of like it, you listen to it and you feel cold hmm. that's what the song is about actually the song the album is a concept album about a warrior that becomes immortal by doing a pact with the gods. And the gods tell him that you will become immortal, but everything around you will crumble and fade and die. And you will live through it. And there's nothing you will do, be able to do about that. You will see everything you've ever known, everyone you've ever known die. And you're going to live through it. And you're going to live with that for the rest of your time. of Well, for, for eternity. And there's all sorts of events happening during the course of the album, of course, but that's just gist of it. And the utter despair of the character, uh, what he's experiencing, like he he wakes up from a, a, a long sleep and he goes outside and everything is just a wasteland of ice. Everything is frozen. Everything is buried under like miles of ice. And he's just the only being left alive on the planet. Uh, the sun is dead. 
everything is just completely barren. And that's the song is about. That's what the song is about. And the song really captures that feeling. It's all about the last, that last song, wow. which captures a, a feeling of just complete emptiness, just utter coldness. You, you feel cold while listening to this. And that's that's what Dave told me also when he heard it. It's like, yeah. Wow, okay. It's, so it's he's, he's connecting with it too. Yeah, he's connecting as, as well. We actually, uh, we did send it to Chris Bruni for Fun Lore at the same time. He really dug it too. Dave was like, you know, I don't release Funeral Doom albums ever, but this, this I want. And mm. it's not, it, it's actually a short album for Funeral Doom standards. It's 45 okay. minutes. It's just, yeah. you know, it's, it feels short for this, uh, for this style, but it's more than enough to convey what we're trying to convey with this album. Right. So well, that's perfect then. Yeah. I don't have to overstay the welcome. Yeah. Well, some people might complain you know there's there's two songs uh well there's three songs third and first song are the funeral doom songs the second one is a dark ambient song some people say oh we don't need interludes it's just filler but that dark ambient song is actually the complete thing about this album it literally sounds like a panic attack <laughs> it's crazy mm. it's like there's not another word for it it sounds like you're actually the, the theme of that song is sleep paralysis and anxiety and it exactly feels that way. So it's yeah. Anyway, I'm really stoked people to hear this album. Won't please everyone, but sure. Message across, you know. Yeah. Right. Well, right on, man. That's awesome. I can't wait. So, well, I know I asked you. Uh, my idea was to come up with because I, I I've checked out like your YouTube channel and stuff, and I know you have uploaded like a ton of demos, and it just seems like you you definitely have a grasp on some classic death metal demos. So. I had asked if you could pull out like five of your favorite or five, you know, for people that they should, you should check out. So did you, were you able to come up with some? Yeah. Well, I mean, we're talking about favorites. I always will mention Disgrace, Inside the Labyrinth of Depression. This demo is just, it's just naughty, man. It's just, well, none of the riffs are normal in this, on this demo. It's just completely like it's demolish level of weird, but it has that punk almost punk-like vibe to it. I don't know how to, how to explain it. Really unique stuff.
after this demo, I would probably mention of the another obvious one, Wrath of the Unknown from Bicrometry. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was doing another interview recently on how I got into Finnish death metal, and it was uh, I told the guys I got into Finnish death metal because I put some demos on my on burned CDRs, and I would walk in the snow, going to a friend's party at like in the like really late in the night, and just listen to these like at night and just getting into it and just getting into right mindset to listen to really cold finished death metal with cemetery yeah. was all the same thing i would go to my friend's house at like 1 a.m huge party and it's just completely alone at night and it's just this crazy it was at night but it was super hot like really infernal heat quebec is not just cold it gets really hot too so yeah. i was listening to some stuff and i put on this demo this crematory demo and it just clicked just alone on, on a street in a toll like like in the night but super hot and i'm just like i'm just like walking endlessly and just listening to these riffs over and over i'm kind of like semi-delirious but at the same time i'm like, just oh, this this is complete this band's completely insane it just like clicked and just like the riffs were like just seeping in my brain and just completely yeah, it just had a big impact on me overall, and you can hear it in Kfilis, you hear it in Finiburam as well, it's just a really big influence on me overall, just perfect four-song yeah. demo. Other demos I would recommend checking. There's the second Crypt of Kerberos demo from 1991. They released two demos in that year. The second the demo, again? Crypt of Kerberos from Got Sweden. It, okay. Yeah, they released two demos in 1991. But the second one they released in 1991, it has everything I love about death metal. It has really crushing riffs, grooves, and everything. After that, actually, two years after, they turned into the power metal, death metal hybrid on their album. Uh, world of myths which i really like but it has none of the crushing uh elements of the demos so they're tuned okay. real low they just re- it's like volt with really shreddy solos it's really good wow okay i gotta check it out <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. They have a seven inch also, uh, just a white seven inch, two songs. It's the best seven inch I've ever heard. And that metal has the really crushing snare tone and just insanely. The guy, I think the guitarist was like 17 on this when he recorded that. It's, <laughs> it's the best, some of the best solos I've ever heard in death metal ever. And the riffs are just, okay. they just completely crush your face. That's three demos, right? So yeah. um, there's the 92 rehearsal tape by Ripping Corpse, which has a lot of unreleased material. That's on my YouTube channel for people who like to discover uh, unknown demos and, and such. Uh, that's a really good one. I don't remember I got it. I know a few years, well, actually 10 years ago, 12 to 20, 12 years ago, uh, my friends from Rivers of Gore, uh, it's a death metal tablature forum. We were always doing these MSN group chat things, and we always would send each other like bootlegs, uh, unreleased stuff. I don't know if you know the band Dimac. No. Uh, from the okay, so that band is the the band that Sean from R- Ripping Course played. And after, oh they, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, so they released an album in 2012 or 2011, but I actually heard that entire album years before because of the pre-prods that mm. one of my friends had. So that gives you an idea, like everything, everyone on, in that clique had these files ahead of everyone. I heard I heard the Gorguts album, Colored Sands, like half of it, much before it was released, because all these people always had these, <laughs> like, all the files. Anyway, I was sent the unreleased Ripping Corpse album and this wow. demo. So from an unknown, unknown stranger in that circle, 
And that's how I, you know, I still had the files in my hard drive and I uploaded everything on YouTube. And it's there for people who want to hear it. It's just, especially like people like obsessed as I am over Ripping Corpse, one of my favorite bands of all time. A really good demo. Um, The 92 rehearsal tape. Uh, that's awesome. So, I gotta check it out because I do. I love Ripping Corpse too, and I've I've never I've never heard the unreleased stuff. Yeah, you should <laughs> definitely. So that's for, um, there's so many more I could mention. I mean, one, obviously, Time Ghoul from Tumultuous Travelings, that demo changed my life for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just for up on first listen, that uh, that's not, that demo is not that unknown, but you just, that's the one I got to mention because it just, it really changed me uh, in many ways. Right. Uh, yeah. As, that's as far as demos go. There's, like I said, there's many more. If we're not talk, talking about just death metal, um, I mean, if we're gonna go like into like death doom or or whatever, the '96 promo demo from Evoken is one of the best things they've done. That's a, re- a really good example of eclectic funeral doom. Like as okay, yeah, Evoken were like or like funeral doom, but back then, back in the '90s, they had black metal elements. Had a lot more death metal riffing, so that's that's a really cool, eclectic, original, creative demo that I would recommend to people. That's before they released the Frolink album, of course. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know if you count the EPs or seven inches also in your top five, but hey, why not? I mean, if if I were to go with like my top five seven inches or, or EPs. One of the band I would mention is Condemnation from Greece, Entering the Gates of Doom. That's for the name of the EP. That's a really intense dead thrash EP with progressive elements, synths, you know, thrashy riffs, of course, but the death metal parts are really, they almost sound like death metal riffs meets power metal riffs. It's, it's really weird. It's just okay, really eclectic. Wow.
Obviously, you know, Silence of the Centuries by Depravity, one of the most morbid sounding death metal hippies of all time. Uh, yeah. Travesty by Morgan, that's one of the best seven inches. It's just really crushing death metal. I already mentioned the Crypt of Kerberos seven inch. Um, and of course, Spring of Recovery by Drumalek, that's one of my favorites. But if, if I was to choose my favorite EP of all time, the best death metal EP ever made in my book, is Privilege of Evil by Amorphous. We were talking mm. about Keyless earlier. That one of the biggest influences, Keyless, the busiest or biggest source of inspiration is Privilege of Evil, that six-song EP that just destroys everything. So just to give you an idea, like that EP was supposed to be a split with Incantation. Oh, and, wow, okay. Yeah, so that EP, it did not, didn't end up being a split, which is a good thing, because Incantation would have looked like a bunch of whips. No disrespect to them. <laughs> That's how crushing that EP has nothing to do with Tales of a Thousand Lakes or whatever. It's just dark, downtune, ugly death metal with doom parts. It's just really, you know, what I want to do one day is do a list show where we cover that entire EP. I would do oh, that. That would be awesome. <laughs> so cool. I want to do that. <laughs> it's just, yeah, that's my favorite EP of, of all time.
yeah, that's as far as I'll go because there's so many stuff I want to mention. <laughs> but I, I know we don't have infinite amount of time. And if we're talking about demos, I could mention way more power metal demos. That's a style I'm even more knowledgeable and more passionate. Okay. About. So it's like could go on for hours, really. But I'll go. I'll let you go to the next question. And so we don't uh, <laughs> we don't like uh, dwell on that. <laughs> well, okay, yeah. So I guess I'll, I'll try and kind of wrap it up here. But you've been in so many projects, and obviously we're not going to get to them all. But one I was kind of curious about that I don't see get mentioned as much as I think it should. Well, two, I mean, cosmic atrophy should get mentioned more. But zealotry, I wanted to ask about. Sure. Um, you know, I know you're not in the band anymore. You played on a couple of their albums, and I just think. One, one. what was it that drew you to that band that you decided you did want to work with them? And two, I mean, what the hell is the idea behind some of the writing techniques? Because listening to that, especially that last album, I've spent a lot of time on it. And at first, I, it didn't click with me. Um, but then after listening to it more, it's like things start sticking out more. And I'm listening to what both guitars are doing. You know, something, it's like you have two different things going on in each ear that are you know following a similar line but i just am so like obsessed with trying to figure out like what's going on um with all the different parts man it's just so complicated but in a good way Yeah, well, you know, I did three albums with them and also a promo, a two-song promo. Uh, you said that you did not get into the band at first listen, and that same thing happened to me. Because the, okay. cir the circle I mentioned before, Rivers of Gore People, on the forums, there was another forum similar to it called SMN News. And in 2009, this guy posted his band. It was a first illustrious demo. And he had this... He was very particular about his death metal. He was the pickiest person I've ever seen with death metal. And it pissed, okay. it pissed everyone off. 
to the point that it's like when he posted his demo, people like, oh, your band is trash. You suck, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I don't really like what I'm hearing, but it's really the most, some of the most original death metal. It's like I had this really crude, shitty drum programming, drum machine, but the riffs were really original. And we, after doing a group discussion where he somehow got involved, he got added into the conversation, he added me on MSN, and he would always send me his guitar profiles. He was never a guitarist. He was always like a songwriter which I don't know how he managed. He would write the songs without a guitar in his hand. It was crazy. Wow, okay. Crazy. Okay, so he sent me the songs, and I was like, this is really weird. Like, I'm not sure I'm into it. I was already familiar with his style of death metal, you know, the weirder kind, but it was just not clicking with me. But I was really, I was really, like, still, like, curious about it. And after a while, he's like, you know, the guitarist I hired to do the, the guitar parts for me, VP, He's not gonna, he's not gonna work with me anymore. He wants to focus on other stuff. So I was curious. I've heard you're, you're playing in first fragment and etc. It's like you could probably pull off the, the songs. So he sent me two songs. I'm like, yeah, I could record these. So I did it as a favor at first. And after a while, it's like you know we did this the two song thing. And after a while, I was like, hey, you want to just join the band we could do an album together it's like yeah sure why not and he sent me the songs and they really grew on me like really really fast and just like i was really getting used to the idea okay we're gonna do that metal that has a lot of counterpoint you yeah, sound, right. it, it sounds some people say it's a technical death metal band but i don't i don't really consider zealotry as such it's just a really unique that mm-hmm. a lot of and anyway, we did the album. We were actually going to have, uh, I don't remember his name, but the guy who did drums on the Anata stuff. You know Anata from Sweden? It's a Swedish mm. band. Uh, we, I'm not sure. He, he ended up bailing on us. But we have, uh, like I said, a lot of contacts through that, again, that forum community. Of, I haven't gone on these forums in many years, but I'm glad I, I did when I was younger, because that's how I met Lile from Defeated Sanity, the drummer of Defeated Sanity. Okay. And he was the guy that did drums on the first Zillatry album. I was a big fan of Defeated Sanity back then. I'm still, I still am, by the way, but back then it was more of a... It, or, it was a new thing for me, that this brutal death metal stuff. And Zillatry was not brutal death metal, but we wanted to have jazzy chops. He has those jazzy fills and... There is not a lot of blast beats in Zolatry, but there's a lot of weird quirks in the drum parts. We've required someone that could pull them off, and he did. So him on drums, Roman doing rhythm guitars and vocals. I did rhythm guitars, lead guitars, and I ended up doing a lot of back vocals as well. We had uh, our friend Jason doing the bass. We did an album. It was really crude, kind of mixed weirdly. People liked it. It's like, yeah, this is cool. Even the people were talking shit about Roman because of his pickiness with metal or his attitude. You know, it's just people like, hey, yeah, this is cool. Yeah, okay. So we started working on a second album, The Last Witness, and that's when the band got way more interesting. And then that's I also started contributing riffs to the band because all the stuff okay. was previously written by Roman. I started contributing riffs, so it got really interesting. Uh, Lule was out of the picture. He was focusing on Defeated Sanity. So we got Alex from New York to do drums. And that album, Last Witness, was really... I remember I recorded my guitars in like 
four short sessions. That's not, I usually take my time way more. But I had the sheets in front of me. I didn't even, I basically what I did is like read the tabs while writing, uh, not writing, I mean recording. Never done that before. Just like a classical musician. Just Yeah, wow. <laughs> yeah. So it's like not a lot of functions, just really fucking nailing the songs on the spot. And it, that album was really special to me. It's just, uh, again, some people did not get into it, but we have a, yeah. had a guy in Europe that really liked it. He's like, oh, I'm going to, I want to put it out. So Love It On Productions, that's the name of the label. We put out that album. And again, the, the band just like counterpoint death metal at its craziest. Uh, a lot of people didn't get it, and it's fine. It's not, uh, not something we can do about it but we were really proud of what we achieved the album is really like eclectic it was released at the same time Ktilist uh, put out the first album while well, a few months apart and okay a lot of people ended up comparing both bands obviously because same that i'm in both bands and it was released a few months apart some people i prefer Ktilist, some others i prefer the luxury but yes, i don't care i like both so <laughs> and uh yeah so the album you mentioned, the, the one you listened to, that's the that's when we, uh, Roman took a break from guitar, decided to just do vocals, but he would still be writing songs. I would still end up writing uh, some parts here and here. Actually, one of the parts of the song on the album is a, I, I wrote for a band called Benchful, which I was in from 2011, 2014. And I wrote a lot of riffs for them. Like a lot of the grooves you hear on the song Voice Fun by Ktilist, uh, was meant for them, but they didn't really okay. really feel strongly about that riff, those riffs. So I kept them for playlist. Another riff I wrote, another section I wrote rather, uh, they didn't feel strongly about it either. So I kept it for Zilatri. Uh, a lot of riffs actually were written for another band before I re- reworked them and included it on the Zilatri, the third Zilatri album. So it had much more of a feeling of familiarity this time around. And we decided to go for, you know, we still had this counterpoint approach, of course, but uh, we really wanted to channel like the whole Floridian scene, like brutality and uh, monstrosity, eulogy, mm-hmm. uh, all these bands, and mix it up with some, you know, Roman is all crazy about like the sentenced albums, like especially North North Premier. And uh, sure. the first at the Gates album, The Red in the Sky is Ours. So there's a little bit of that as well. And I said, you know, all the solo solo work thus far has been really uh, weird and experimental. But this time I'm going to do something a little bit more conventional. So I took influence from a lot of the U.S. power metal bands like Jack Panzer. And it's like, I'm going to go like put some really intensely sh- shreddy solos over this <laughs> death metal stuff. And it worked out well, in my opinion. So... Uh, yeah. What you've heard of this album is, I think, my favorite album of all three. Uh, as the best performances, it's more focused, it's better produced. Um, I think I have a more of a soft spot for the composition on the second album, but I think I, you know, I left the band on a good note. It's like I want to focus on other bands and stuff. But sure. we end, ended up doing a really cool album that. Like you said, a lot of people do not talk about it, and you know it's fine. It's I think the style of death metal is 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 made for people who are specifically into this sub 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 genre of death metal, and 
it's yeah. them and them only. You know, I don't expect people. Other- and it's not the it's not the trendy thing right now either. You know, it's not the it's not modern sounding technical death metal. It's not simple it's not um, caveman type. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not it's not. I'm not saying this out of pretension. I'm not saying people. Oh, people don't like it because they don't get it. It's like no, it's like they're not into that style of death metal. It's fine. Uh, it's just it's just like yeah. the point. It's all over the place, and I understand people will not be into it as much as me and that's totally fine but what we do we did on these albums is those for those people who are into these kind of bands and they're like they understand what we're trying to do even people who we i've seen some semi-negative reviews of it and even those who were like not digging that much they still understood what we were trying to do and it's like they respected it you know so yeah but yes. i mean yeah i mean I'm, I'm glad i got into it i'm hoping other people will I mean, I'm, don't get me wrong. I've heard other people talking about it and everything. It just seems like it, it, it should get a little bit more, maybe a little more attention. You know, I, I totally agree. I mean, uh, I'm not sure what the band is going to do now. Uh, I think Roman is going to take a break from writing death metal, which is fine. We should always take a break sometime. But uh, yeah, the, the guy who replaced me, Ray, is absurdly good. Like his band, Garotted, is really good. You should check it out. It's really good stuff. U.S. Okay. death metal, really good. So with this guy, like uh, doing my parts now and replacing me, I'm not like worried in the slightest, to be honest with you. Right. Yeah. And, okay. Well, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. You uh, mentioned Cosmic Atrophy. Uh, yeah. All I can say is that Corey is the is a total freak. He's just uh, <laughs> one of the smartest guys I've ever worked with. It's just completely really imaginative person with a lot, a lot of crazy ideas. He just asked me out of the blue to join Cosmic Atrophy on Metal Archives, completely out of random. And I always was a fan of Cosmic Atrophy. Even before I started Catilis in 2010. So it's like, yeah, I want to do it. And I wanted to experiment a lot, uh, doing like crazy sounds on the guitar and he allowed me to do some vocal parts, which I'm grateful for. He really wanted me to share this project with him, his project with me, the writer. So really yeah. grateful for that. It's cool that you got a chance to check it out. And if you if you dug it, I'm glad you did. Because I, I admit it's not an album that is easy to get into, but uh, I appreciate the compliment. It's it's I think it's a really unique album. Not for everyone, again.
Yeah, I, I just I love a lot of the anything that's on the you know the weirder side of death metal or like you know with some of those Finnish influences and all that. I mean, that's just it's such up my alley and 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 to hear like you're soloing over it and, and it just it was very cool and and I didn't find that until probably you know sometime last year or something like that. So. I know I was late to the game on it, but yeah, I, I really did. Thanks, it. man. Yeah, Corey is uh is, is a force of nature. He's just uh completely insane. He I don't know like how he pulled off those uh some of the riffs he wrote there. He's just completely out of this world and like this synth stuff he did. Actually, you know, speaking of synths, he has a number of side projects. He's doing some synth wave stuff and video game music. Oh, nice. But that tells you how versatile versatile he is. I may contribute with him on one of his non-metal projects one day. Who knows? But uh, I mean, you got a road in your horizons, right? So it's yeah. just that guy is just really, again, someone with very eclectic taste, very uh, just really knowledgeable and skillful all around. So I'm not sure if we're going to do another album anytime soon. Uh, I think the best thing to do would be to figure out if we're going to ever release the void engineers on physical format we had some offers but they kind of fell kind of i don't know just fell through yeah it's okay yeah it sucks but you know maybe maybe with the third album we could have the album release with the label and have them also re-release the second album the void engineers as well that's what i'm hoping we could do but uh, that'd be cool yeah for now it's just going to be you know low profile and you know it's fine. Uh, it's, it's it's unfortunate because Corey has put a lot of hard work into that. But uh, in, in the meantime, I can focus on other stuff. You know, so it's it's right. not at the end of, of the world. It's like I told you in, right. at the beginning of the interview. You know, the Tila store being canceled is sucks, but it's not the end of the world. What is the you know? There's some other stuff happening in the world right now that uh, <laughs> puts everything into perspective. It's you know, it's gonna be all right. It's gonna. Stop I hear us you. and everything we've we've postponed will be resumed and while i'm sitting at, at home i'm gonna use that time to work on more music you know a lot of albums are being written yeah. uh eternity's end my parallel band is gonna join up uh, the roster of a rather large label based in north america so i'm writing for this album as well uh Thielis, the album is being written first fragment the recording is going well that's that's taking most of my time and energy lately but at least there's an album coming Finnebrarum is going to put out the, her album I hope, hoping this summer hoping I'm not sure I'm not, okay. I'm not sure but the album is is I've said it to people before just to tease them but it, that album has the best drum sound I've heard on the death metal record in so long because it's just okay. yeah it's just the, the guy who produced it He's been working on, on mixes. He's been doing this for 40 years. He started with uh, rock rock bands. You know, he did. He worked with Bon Jovi. He worked with a lot of those guys. He worked with Ripping Corpse. He worked with uh, Dizma, Evoken, uh, Dimac. You know, he's just all over the place. He gave us the best production a death metal band could ask for. So I'm really stoked because the material is very strong, dark, crushing. The production is... the the most magnificent death metal production I've heard in in a while, and I know it sounds pretentious, but that's I, I listen. I was a fan of this band for ten years before joining them, like full on fan. And yeah. if I heard this album come out, that would, that would be wow. 
their their weight <laughs> was worth 11 years. It was wor- worth yeah. 11 years to hear this album. So I'm really proud of that, you know. I, I'm just really proud. I can't of it. wait to hear it, man. You make it sound like it's gonna be yeah, awesome. It's really, I'm really proud of it. It's just really good. I think it's hey, some people, <laughs> maybe some people won't like it as much as the, the early material. That's totally fine because the early material is fucking unbeatable for sure. But what we did is it makes the best out of both worlds of the of the two albums before. So I'm hoping people will dig it as much as I did. If not, that's fine. But I feel strongly about this release. Uh, you know, tremendous album is going to come out around the same time. Uh, and, uh, you know, if, if things do, are not postponed for an entire year, there's other stuff I'm working on also, uh, behind the scenes that I can't really say, uh, much about, but just tell yeah. you, I'm using, I'm using the support like this, this time alone to work on as many things as possible while I have still time to do so. So that's yeah. One, well, that's awesome. The, that's definitely the way to yeah, do it. Yeah, that's one of the positive things to to you know out of this horrible mess. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, no, it's just uh, I I gotta stay a little bit productive, and if not on my own material, I'll do some guest guest solos, guest work, uh, session. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, you know, and you know, I think I'm gonna start even doing tabs for people. You know, people who do not want to go through the painful process of learning stuff by ear. They can just have to yeah. do it, and I've done so for a friend of well, a friend, uh, um, a, a person uh, that I know through another person that I know that asked me to tab a song by here the, for a band he's, he was going to audition with, and I did I did so, and I'm probably going to offer that to people as well. I, okay, that's a good idea. Uh, I started doing that uh, nine years ago, and it paid off because when I did the Funerbarum tour this summer, uh, I was asked by Dimilich to play a song with them on stage. And I saw that on YouTube, man. Yeah, and the song, you know, I, we obviously revised the song uh, backstage, which was a really surreal experience, but I was already familiar with some of the riffs because, because of my, back then I tabbed a lot of death metal bands, including a lot of Finnish death metal bands including Demolich. I was already familiar with how the riffs work for that song. So it just, it didn't, it wasn't completely, it wasn't an impossible task because I can tab stuff by ear with relative ease. Now, after years of doing so, you know, I tab all the songs by ear before auditioning for the band. Uh, Many other bands, I did the same thing too. So it's probably, I might as well offer that service as well for people who have less patience than me to do so and i could just do it for them for an extremely cheap price and it's a good way to pass the time and make a little bit yeah that's cool man and learn a little something on the exactly. way exactly well cool man i mean uh thanks again I, I can't wait for all these projects i know you already listed most of them so i mean if anyone out there hasn't checked out your stuff and you can make a fun day out of just going through the discography and you get a good variety of styles and i mean even yeah, the power metal no, which yeah, i don't uh, even listen to i fucking love so <laughs> it's all it's all quality stuff for anyone who hasn't checked it all out so yeah man really really appreciate it dude and i can't wait to see all this new stuff that's coming awesome out. thank you very much